Hi there, Randy Green here. Let us continue with page 37 in the Souls of Humanity. And remember, as I explained in the introduction to the division of the fifth evolutionary cycle, is that I can't tell you what to do, but I can share my memories, I can share my experiences, and I can share some of the ways that I have worked with this in my own inner work and some of the solutions I've come up with due to my background and my genetic composition as one of the holographic energetic architecture engineers uh, as part of the pillar project. So, so with that, I would say if we go into the, the understanding of, and I'm just thinking right here as I'm thinking, Perhaps the Pillar Project were actually part of some of the other programs I recall. Anyway, so I'm just I'm just leaving that. I have memories of working in a laboratory where I engineered the holographic energetic architecture along with others as part of teams um, for these different types of configurations and reconfigurations after the timeline event. So that's technically where I draw my information from this. Uh, I know how to do this, I just don't, if I had the similar type of lab, uh, laboratory here, I would be able to do it because I know how to do it. I just don't have the facilities here. I don't have the technologies to do so. So, but I know how it works and know how it's done. The other hindrance in that one is, as I talked about in the introduction, the memory. If you recall yourself as a 10 year old waking up in, in bed, uh, how you feel yourself and how you recall yourself in that situation does not involve a lot of what we would say if someone asks you, what's your name? I don't know. Uh, how old are you? <laughs> feeling is probably what I would interpret uh, as 34 because I have this foundational feeling that I don't age and I am in that heightened state, not heightened, but a high level state or the, the peak uh, of my organic vessel. And that does not age beyond the, the, the age of what we understand is 35. And then my memory, my mind begins to, okay, that perhaps similar to some of the Pleiadian projects. So that would mean, and then I go into the memory base and the, the, the narratives and the stories the, that I have created around myself. And, and if that information is false, then my deduction of who and what I was at the time would also be false. That's part of some of the interception programs. They throw you off into a memory that is, a portion of it is, is your memory, but the full narrative around it when you begin to investigate the memory is that's the in the intercepted memory. It's inserted, it's holographic, it's linked up to a crystal disk with false information that goes into some of these uh, small uh, they're, they're stacked, uh, connected to a holographic energy system that is part of, uh, it's kind of uh, too much information right there, but these stacks and these, these inserted crystal discs were inserted into the holographic energetic uh, library where that stores our original configuration from where you have the original configurations for the solar system. So they, they've been put in there and that was done by the Dracos when they took over the system as part of the, the settlements, quote unquote, that allowed the different uh, insectoid uh, avian and uh, lesser developed uh, reptile races to uh, quote unquote settle inside our reality field. So by tampering and changing the original uh, holographic memory base that were tied to our original uh, genetic library of this solar system. So, th so that's a whole other level of information. As I said, when I do this, there is always so much that pops up. And that's also one of the reasons why I uh, engage myself in this recalling and working with the souls of humanity to investigate the material a little bit further, ask questions and then say, okay, let's share this one. Let's look into what is it? What, what does it mean? And how does it, um, what's the implication for our now fifth cycle work? Because we first had the division, the internal strife that led to the true human worlds, as well as the LPU, as explained in the podcast series, uh, Building the Bridges for a Better Futures. And we, here we're now going into the past, because as I claim, we need to clear the past so that we can become more potent and have a higher energetic viability rate in the now so that we can create better futures. It's difficult to really make changes when you're depleted of the energies and the consciousness potentials that are needed to build a different future. So that's part of why I'm doing this. And again, as I also said in the introduction, 
the the tools I'm here giving you is so that you can make your journey shorter, your experiences put into a context that might work for you or might not work for you. And that's for you to figure out. That's the discernment you are to do. Does this information resonate? Uh, on what level does it resonate? Does it resonate because it is um, similar to some of the memories you have? Or is it uh, kind of activating an intercepted memory you have? And by that actually explains that this is a false memory and not your true memory. And what memory is then behind? What is the intercepted memory cloaking? What is it that this cloaking, what timeline does that direct you into? The holographic overlay, where does it push you in so you do not activate on your own timeline, but activate on a dissimilar timeline that will not be for your use and your uh, betterment and, and your activation process, but actually is part of some of the programs that are using your activation potentials for their own benefit. Complete ex exploitation of other people and other life forms, which is, of course, uh, completely uh, unheard of and illegal in all of its ways and its forms, and should not in any ways or forms take part of our reality field. Unfortunately, we got hijacked, taken over, re-engineered, and by that, put under the different types of protocols of these invading species 15,000 years ago. And that's part of our awakening process too, to recognize and understand that our history, that our energy system, that everything we are from who we are now to what we were before has been tampered with, re-engineered, altered, linked up to false timelines and put under some kind of control mechanism that is ours to free ourselves from. So the path of liberation goes much, much further than just our everyday life in meditation and compassion and feeling good about ourselves. So the division of the fifth evolutionary cycle. I'm reading from the sixth material. Time is dynamic and changes with the genetics viewing the timelines. Thus, since the light unit ratio of the timelines of our reality field is changing, as more humans activate their integrated genetics. The result is that the energetic setup in the grid works of the density one, dimension three, is speeding up. Here I want to put in density one, dimension three. That's the outer domain, the world we live in currently. When and if the timelines reach a certain ratio, the grid work they are embedded into will attempt to reattach to the still functioning stargates. In brackets, dimensional bridges. And by this bridge to the progressive dynamics of the higher levels of the LPU. That's the planetary library. These are the solar gates. If this happens, time will disappear entirely. And for those of you who have not listened to the podcast series, Building uh, Bridges for a Better Future, I highly recommend you go through these as well, because as with every material I make, this is a line of information that follows on the previous level of information so that I don't have to explain everything all the time. So that's why they are made a series, which you will work your way through one by one, taking notes, contemplate upon it, and not just blast through as infotainment. This is actual information that might or might not assist you in your inner processes. They are what we could call inner work educational. So, reading again. Time is dynamic and changes with the flows of energy that run in the grid works of a reality field. When our density one, D3, outer domain, is restored back into this original density one, D3 holographic settings, there will be no past or future, only dissimilar features of the reality fields surrounding us. Three factors contribute to our perception of history. The fact that a timeline event generated the explosion split resetting dynamics that expanded as a tidal wave from the LPO3 reality field. As a result, the reality fields of the LPO3 and the LPO2 were rearranged. This is density three and density two. The quantum flux fields were distorted and solidified, creating a sort of organic holographic energy. Notice here that I use the word quantum flux fields. And these are 
they are part of the quantum fields as are between our reality and the artificial fourth. But they were originally connected to the holographic LPF1 or the outer domain density 1D3 network, the planetary network. So in a way, I should say the planetary network fields were distorted and solidified, creating a sort of organic holographic energy. But these quantum flux fields, they are the foundation. These are the neutron layers. They are part of the cosmic web of the original construction of all reality fields. LPF3 is density 3, LPF2 is density 2, and LPF1, uh, they are what we call a, a density 1. So the flux fields, they are, the reason why I wrote it that way was because these are the probability and possibility fields that holds the holographic energetic units that are part of the viability rate of all reality fields. So the timeline event solidified uh, these original networks, and I explained that other places in the source of humanity as well, but here we'll just continue um, on page 37. There is a set of notes here that goes with what reality fields are, and I write there in the notes. One reality field holds many sub-realities called timelines. A timeline sets the perception field of the embodied genetics. Therefore, within one reality field of a density, there can be multiple reality fields holding multiple timelines and hence multiple outcome of existence. Perception and existence are interconnected. So we are going back up to the three factors. Factor two, the solidification atrophied many of the LPF3 and LPF2 areas and changed their reality fields and life forms into a type of matter based upon light coding features that differed from the original settings of the less progressive universe. These were called densities and dimensions. We are having the original densities, but I'm just using that terminology just to make it easier. And I talk about this in the transition sciences where I take time to explain this and, and put it into the words that I would probably use today. If I had stuck with the original language, which is still the best language I have for my memories and how I recall it, because I call these different sectors that were LPF2, that was what we call the middle domain or density two. So I have just added that one in so others can relate to that. So I'm creating a language that is as I recall it, but at the same time, I know from what I recall and how others are used the same terminology, uh, can we can find a middle ground and say, okay, this is what is called similar. If if we say, well, is it a hurricane or is it, is it an, an, um, a tornado or whatever? So we know kind of what we experience. They We put specific labels on it so we have the same language so we can understand each other. So this is just what it is. It doesn't mean that we take from each other. It means that we are trying to create a language that covers our memories, that covers our experience of reality. In that way, we could say language can unite us and language can separate us. Factor three. So interesting enough, I wrote there were three factors and I go uh, into uh, five different factors. So let's say there were five different factors. So that's a, that's a little, um, little thing. I started with three and probably uh, expanded it. So factor three, the new life forms developed into the ancient stellar races having an organic form and a new type of biogenetics. These are the LPF2 races or the regressed races before they really began to fall apart. This is also, there. here again, we need to discern between the reseeding after the fall of Atlantis. And we are way, way, way um, earlier than that. We are in the aftermath of the timeline event and what happened, what took place there. So in terms of ecological findings of bones and fossils and so forth, many of the remnants are not of old age, but a result of the atrophying process that took place after the timeline event. So this is a claim. Another claim I have, so it's not a factor, but another claim I have, that is our perception of time and those of history have been altered via the reversed light coding of an enclosure, creating an inner barrier of perception between our reality field and the adjacent density one fields that preventing other stellar races from getting in contact with us telepathically. 
That's the inner barrier of perception. That's what's technically later on were adapted into the frequency fence as well as the astral barrier using that technology. But this inner barrier of perception, that's what after the timeline event, due to the solidification and crystallization of the holographic energetic units, it changed the LPU completely and created that barrier between the true worlds and the LPU, preventing us from communicating telepathically with the original races that we came from, the holographic metaverse races. Before that, we had open gate systems between the two, the LPU and the holographic metaverse. So back to the text. The enclosure has produced a layer between the density 1D3 energy system and the rest of the density 1D3 reality fields, as well as unfolded an entire new reality of astral energies, that is, the astral plane housing uh, various astral entities. That's what I call the distortion fields. But that became part of the astral barrier. Just so you kind of get that, I strongly suggest you read the book as well as do the transition science courses for deeper explanations here and more context. As well as the, my background in history and my memories, they are part of the perception logs. The division of the fifth evolutionary cycle that led into two dissimilar holographic universes, of which one is the holographic metaverse with its huge holographic resonance fields generated by the original soul races, and I here call them the soul races. Today I will call the 12 lineages. And the other turned into the less progressive universe holding the less progressive races is a complicated matter and naturally we can't go into all of the details. Here I am again uh, being mindful of you to understand that what I hear talk about the less progressive universe were already created, so in a way I'm not being completely accurate here. What I'm saying is we first had the internal strife that created two different types of worlds, one for the three lineages that held what we call um, dysfunctional genetics as part of the original program, uh, the Pillar Project, and then to reunite them and uh, get up to speed, that's the internal strife. Then we had the timeline event that divided the fifth cycle, so that not only had we already engineered what we call a re-engineered the, the, the constructions of the ancient ones to be able to participate in that uh, reuniting pro project, but the timeline event led, then led into further crystallization of the LPU because it happened inside the LPU um, version of it. And by that, uh, disconnecting the fifth cycle races, because as I explained earlier in the book, there was a collaboration between the holographic metaverse um, races as well as the LPU races on the inner domain level, the LPF3 level, as well as the LPF2 level. The fifth cycle is part of the LPF2 level. So with the incident of the serum workstations, then the fifth cycle got divided further and began to create the crystalline races that were under the solidification, the regressed races where the genetics literally began to fall apart, and what was left of the original holographic metaverse races that still had the ability to self-heal and undo the effects of the timeline event because we did not, we were not imbued with technology but the, as the humanoid races were. But there were uh, um, some of us that were part of the serum workstations and other places that had got what we call the humanoid genetics inserted, linked up to technology so they could work within the projects under the humanoids. And they got affected by the timeline and their original holographic metaverse genetics began to alter accordingly to the inserted genetics they had, which meant that portions of their original holographic architecture would then begin to crumble and uh, reverse itself into inversion that led to later on some of the ones that um, has been called the dark ones. So that's also part of some of our ancient history. That was the LPF3 level. The LPF2 level of the original humanoid races uh, began the whole process of the types of humanoids that we have today. These are the regressed races. So there are dissimilar uh, versions of the, the LPF2 groups and the LPF3 groups. Many of the LPF2 in the fifth cycle that were part of what we call connected to the inner domain, lost the ability to have physical form. And that's a whole other story that uh, I will not go. I have various memories of this as well and what happened and how that took place and what turned them into the dark ones and what pushed them into these timelines. But I'm not going to go there in this one. Here, I'm going to read the material as it is in front of us. 
and perhaps or perhaps not, I'll go into that um, later on. I talk about some of this in the whole philosophy book, uh, which is enough information for those of you who don't have direct memories of this. Sometimes it's better not to have the full picture of what's going on, especially if you don't know how to deal with it, because some of these levels of reality are connected to inverted timelines. And these timelines, if we look at them, we will participate in them. That's the law of participation, principle three. And sometimes curiosity really did harm the cat. And sometimes it's better to turn the other cheek and not look at it because we don't know what to do with it. So it's better not to see it. It's better not to know of it until we have our own recall memory. And then it comes from within and not something we have studied or something we have given energy without knowing what we're actually giving energy. So we don't have the discernment level yet to know what's actually beneficial for our progression work and what is detrimental to our progression work that will create a different type of light coding that we didn't have have to begin with and in that manner actually uh, sets us back in our progression sciences and our progression work because some of the inverted timelines they are what we could call they have a rip-off effect into the radiation fields because they have a dark light coating and that has uh, the ability to undo and transform the light coating and turn it into dark coating. So that's why sometimes it's better not to look at things uh, unless it comes directly in our field and it's part of our memories or we have someone in front of us that mirrors it to us. And then we are under principle four, the law of reciprocity as well as principle two, that is the law of balance. Then we need to deal with it. But not until then, until it's there, do we need to deal with it. That's if it's natural part of our reactivation process, it will come when the time is right. And then we will know what to do with it. But if we prematurely forces it uh, into our field, then it will activate on levels that we're not ready to deal with. And I've seen many people in this uh, activation process that have looked into things they shouldn't have looked into. And by that suddenly got a type of code in their energy fields that linked them up to timelines where they don't belong, but because they were too curious or they thought it was important for them to know about this stuff. They studied it and by studying it, they gave it energy and by giving it energy, they became part of it, even though it was not theirs to begin with. That's called the law of association. So we are, there are very important things when we talk about investigating things. Sometimes it's better not to investigate things unless it comes directly from within. And that too could be a manipulation. That too could be uh, intercepted. Uh, type of imprint that's not really ours, but put there so we will give it attention, so we will look at it. That's part of the discernment, that's part of the awakening process, what to look at, what not to look at. And that's where the principles come in and are a good guideline for us in this work. So we investigate, should I or should I not? What is the benefit of it? What is, what is the, what's the pros and the cons here? And is it important for me to know this? or not. So that's the high level discernment. And that's the rules of engagement that's called self-responsibility and self-containment. Sometimes it's better not to look into it because if we don't know how to clear it out, then it will affect us in ways that are unfortunate for our continued progression journey. Back to the text. We are forced to only focus on the broad strokes in the periods where major shifts occurred. Most details of the various reality fields and the multiple timelines are left out. And as the individual memories surface in the minds of the present day humans, the left out details will be reinstated into the history of the fifth cycle. Nevertheless, everything has to start somewhere and the division of the fifth cycle is a good place to begin. And here I go into the internal strife. The internal strife separated the holographic metaverse, for short, HM into two different factions of soul races or into two different main lineages, the D14 collective and the D13 collective. That is the original lineages of the uh, original. I'm here, I'm having difficulty here because I say the original soul races and the less progressive races. So this is the difference, the true humans and the humanoids. So let me just put it that way. The internal strife began in the holographic reality field five, and I'm here talking holographic metaverse reality field five, meta councils of the upper leveled soul races of the higher developed uh, true humans, 
and the humanoids, representing the genetics, the consciousness units that had reached the highest potentials of the holographic resonance fields. That's the HRFs. And thus the highest level of interconnecting, uh, interconnectedness to the core principles. The upper level HRF, the upper level holographic resonance field soul races were the leaders of the meta councils and from there all decisions of evolution in the lower leveled, uh, levels of the holographic metaverse as well as among the lineages took place there. The disputes were about what to do with the certain factions of the different lineages of the true human civilizations inside the lower leveled reality fields that were not able to keep up with the progression dynamics of their reality field and thus were in the risk zone of being pulled untimely into the stasis chambers which would harm the other leveled um, uh, holographic metaverse races and their lineages. One faction of the Meta Councils advocated for the need to put a hold to the third evolutionary cycle, which would lift the lower leveled lineages to the next holographic reality field level of the holographic metaverse to continue their evolution there. I'm here putting in the extra words, that's not part of the text. So if you read it, you will see I'm translating it into a more uh, up-to-date uh, date type of language. The lineages which were not being able to meet the requirements of the next holographic reality field, that is, could not match the new light coding, light unit ratio, which would be pulled into the stasis chambers unless something was done. I here call it pralayar, and pralayar is the Hindu terminology for these cycles where the ones that are not ready to move on to the next cycles will be put um, in, in a, a, a sleep where they have no memory, no recall, no observance, no experience, no nothing, just as, as a darkness, a blank uh, existence of nothingness until they're ready to be pulled into the next cycles. These are the stasis chambers. Of course, the Hindus didn't know stasis chamber, so they just called it the sleeping cycle or the pralaya. A faction of the holographic metaverse density five meta councils, uh, or the reality field five of the resonance fields, that is the higher vibrational fields of the holographic metaverse, was more into the idea of continuing the natural progression dynamics and then rebalancing the remaining lineages or soul races afterwards. and a minor faction of concerned citizens of the reality field three and reality field four, which we will call density three and density four, the holographic metaverse, came up with the idea of inventing technologies that could generate an acceleration activation of the light unit dormant inside the light coding, and by that method meet the required ratio. Since excessively many of the density two lineages of the holographic metaverse, had not reached the required ratio to be able to elevate, the acceleration and accelerated transformation technologies were chosen as the solution. As a consequence of this decision, lots of experiments were done to enhance the genetics to enable the lower level races to follow the third cycle evolutionary um, progression dynamics. However, they failed and the outcome was a great political conflict based upon the assisting density three and density four races, along with the density two races of the holographic metaverse, the true worlds, wanting to hold back the uplifting against the ones that supported leaving behind the non-ascendants, that is the ones that could not elevate. Because at that time, the holographic metaverse were facing another elevation shift, meaning that the original configuration of the ancient ones, the constellations and the constructions that they have made were ready to lift up to the next evolutionary cycle and everyone who could follow that would do it naturally. The ones that couldn't would then be left behind or have to go into pralaya. The ones advocating for this solution thought that the non-elevating uh, participants or groups collectives within the holographic metaverse would get a second chance in the fourth evolutionary cycle. 
Nobody really knew the effects of leaving behind the underdeveloped lower-level soul races, and most feared that they would not get a second chance but would be pulled entirely out, which eventually were not in the interest of anybody. However, the soul races were so skilled in genetic sciences, the anti-elevation factions, that is, the ones that were against letting things um, go their natural uh, ways felt that the standpoint was uncalled for because the genetics could be altered if they only had more time. Nevertheless, the pro-elevation faction, that is the one supporting the natural evolution, evolutionary cycles, did not want to wait and argue against this according to the laws of the evolutionary cycles and the catching up mechanism that entailed securing that all would eventually reach the same goal, if not in this cycle, then in the next. This divided the soul races into two camps of dissimilar standpoints of unprecedented strength. So we're here having one group that says things must run their natural course due to the laws of the structures, due to the laws of the universal cycles. And the other group said, why should we adhere to the laws and leaving behind a very large portion of the lineages? that clearly had not lived up to their new to the requirements and had not completed the cycles that they were supposed to. And these are the groups that had uh, the genetic outcome from the three lineages that already were flawed to begin with. So that's why they didn't elevate naturally because they already had a disadvantage and they were not able to live up to the requirements because of this disadvantage. And that, of course, made them a bit sour because, yes, we have done everything we can, but we, we still have what we call a genetic flaw that, that makes it difficult for us to elevate in the manner that the rest of you that does not have a genetic flaw, as in kind of, why do you do it when we can't do it and now you're just leaving us behind? <laughs> What? So, so that was, if we're talking in a more emotional language, of course they didn't see that when we were talking about groups that were looked into, looked into this from a completely different um, level of understanding. The similarity in standpoint generates a new type of genetics. So this is interesting. You hear out to notice that we suddenly, instead of being unified as we originally were when we spilled over and, and, and began the new universal cycles, we had these whole memories of the past universal cycles where everything ended up in wars. Literally, there were very few groups that did not war against each other. So we kind of vowed to whatever we would do in the new universal cycles, would do whatever we could to keep us united. But here we suddenly had the outcome of, yes, perhaps we want to be united, but there are actually some that couldn't due to a genetic flaw. How, how are we going to go around this? Everything had been done in all of following the laws and the rules and the principles, and they still hadn't progressed. They still weren't able to do the transformational processes, and now we were facing the elevation dynamics. And then the other ones that had the right genetics, the, the group that did not have the floor, they elevated because they were completely in alignment with whatever was going on. They didn't have the disadvantage. So that way we could say it was easier for them to elevate where the rest kind of had a disadvantage and then had to work even harder for it. And now we had that group within the council just saying, yeah, too bad, you didn't make it, so now you're left behind. And the question is, should they have been left behind altogether in the previous universal cycles? But why did that then spill over? So all of that began to create a new type of genetics. Genetics in the holographic metaverse are connected to the energy units and the way we think and the way we kind of the radiation level that is our core uh, uh, configuration, as well as the vibrational level, as well as our organic level. So if we begin to, to entertain thought forms and thought processes and ways of perceiving reality that is dissimilar to what we have agreed upon, then we begin to recreate our code sequences, we begin to recreate our vibrational freedom, we begin to recreate our organic vessel, changing our consciousness units and the genetics in our entire constitution altogether. And this is what is understood in that we are the co-creators. So what we are, our reality fields are, so that they are interconnected that way. I talk about that in transition science material as well. So the dissimilarity in standpoint generated new type of genetics based upon the known types of genetics. That is, we had the original 
HRP1 or HRF1, Holographic Resonance Field Group 1, they later on turned into the insectoid. And I, at that time, I just saw it as the insectoid, but they are the ones that became the insectoids. And then we had the avian that became, that at that point were not avians, but they had uh, avian similarities that later on expressed itself as avians as they regressed more. At this point, they were all human lookings. But as the timeline event hit, they regressed into these groups. I talk about the insectoids, the avian, the raptoid, and the mammals as part of the civilizations that were part of level two, as well as the higher levels of the mammal, that is the density three races, and the pre-stages of the true human genetics, that is density four. And really need you to grasp here that when I talk about this is the, the difficulty in writing a book is that you, you see things in a way and you explain it in a way, but there should be much, much more work there. And then it would be thousands of pages. So I'm here doing it as in saying, well, the density one groups were not insectoid to begin with, but later on due to the timeline event crystallization, as well as the regression of the original uh, consciousness units and genetics that upheld their physical forms, the organic vessels they had in the different domains, pushed them into the outer domain, the terrestrial level, as well as the fourth dimension of the middle domain, where they then eventually turned into insectoids. So insectoids were not insectoids to begin with, but they have dissimilar features um, from what we now understand as the insectoids, because some of them embraced that this was their destiny and by that began to breed on the insectoid genetic and then created new types of insectoid species as we know from the groups of from the Orion system. So they're technically hybrids using the old type of genetics, re-engineered them and then changed them into an actual species. So this is why when I say the original uh, species within the holographic metaverse, but not insectoids or avian or reptile or mammal. But these were the groups that later on, due to the regression dynamics, turned into this. Similarly, as some of the earlier true humans that were part of the planetary cycles uh, in the outer domain, due to the, the, the both the fall of Atlantis, but also regression of the true human genetics inside our reality field. After the timeline event here on our planet, later on, the mammals turned into the Neanderthals, not the other way around. So the Neanderthals, not that group, they're technically a hybrid race, but the other human races that were there were what we call the remains of the original civilizations in the outer domain, but due to the regression dynamics and the solidification and the, the whole crystallization of the holographic energetic units literally led to the falling apart of the holographic energetic architecture, which then resulted in a crumbling of the light coding, resulting in a dismantling of the vibrational field. And then what was left was the organic field with whatever was left of cellular memory, similarly as we're seeing it in humanity today. So this is also part of the understanding of when you don't use your, your holographic energetic energy system correctly, then it's use it or lose it, because eventually what is not used will then be pulled out and let through the gate systems to the original timelines of the core or the original um, lineages and, and their original racial grid as part of the core domains, where they will be pulled back into the library, not as uh, storage genetics in the library, but it will be uh, reunited with the original holographic energetic blueprint that are part of the libraries that are the signature of the different lineages within the different constructions. And this is reality field sciences on a very, very high level that is uh, very, very difficult to understand. But you can see it as a kind of the each and one of us have a blueprint of who and what we are in the library, which we insert there when we enter into different cycles within different reality fields. It's ours and we, it's like having a deposit box in the bank. It's yours, yours alone, nobody else can go there. 
And if you fail by some, uh, or you you uh, get into an, a situation where you cannot uh, unfold your true potentials, you can dissolve everything you are. Whatever will is left will be pulled back into your deposit bank of a box of what you have in the library or quote unquote in the bank of genetics, and there it will reunite with your original potentials. And from that, can a new holographic energetic architecture be spawned, which you can then due to the sciences of the different dimensions and reality fields, all depending on how you have engineered yourself to function, can then be recreated into a new organic vessel that will be uh, manifested within whatever reality field is suitable for the joint or the collective sum of your genetic potentials. Okay, so we're here up against time. So the what we're talking about is that we... In a way, the humanoids were already generated from the resistance uh, that came from not being able to elevate the original three lineages. So they became the humanoids. And they were the ones that argued that they should get help, technological help, since it is possible the technology was there to assist them in upgrading who and what they were. But the, the other one, the pro-elevation with the natural laws and principles, they also knew that if we began to use technology as we did in the previous universal cycles, well, then it was too easy to end up in the situation that we have grown out of. That's why they were so adamant of not using technology out of what we could, what we would interpret as fear. But they literally looked into the prospective futures of if we did create what we call artificial enhancement and upgrading of the genetics using technology, then we would get way too close to previous universal cycles and align with the timelines of the previous universal cycles. And here actually not called timelines, but code streams, because in a holographic network, it's called code streams, but we call it timelines just for the sake of uh, easiness and the way we perceive reality because we work within time. But these are code streams that unfolds in the holographic network of a reality field and that leads that links up to the racial grid that allows for organic vessels to be manifested. So if that would take place, that in the future, then these technologically enhanced uh, groups of humans, they would then have to deal with some of the issues of the third cycle that we had kind of left behind. So that would be merged into their future versions of themselves. And that's why they said no. But the ones that were part of the already uh, what we call um, three lineages that had that disadvantage, they saw it as they couldn't see into the future. That was part of that disadvantage. They could not look into the future. So they were limited into only being able to see portions of their own personal future, but not to the full extent, not through all of the cycles as the other ones, the other groups could. And that's where you can kind of say, well, then you had the group that could look into the future and the group that couldn't look into the future and the group that couldn't, the humanoids, they then said, well, you are, you're taking that from us because you don't want us to evolve into being this high elevated species. You're doing this because you want to be in control. You want to have the power. And then suddenly we were back to the old way of thinking from the previous cycles that the whole conquering of space and jurisdictional rights and prerogatives and who were in charge and who was the leader. And then the whole democratic process just began to fall apart. So the humanoids, which are the three lineages, they were the ones that began to really rearrange themselves. They didn't even need the technological enhancement because they were already in the process of reverting to what they were. So in a way, we could say the reversal already began there in the holographic metaverse because they already had genetics that were more prior, more aligned with the previous universal cycles and had difficulty in upgrading to the current universal cycles compared to the other group, the defaulting collective that literally just blasted through because they had a higher group what we could call uh, functional genetics that were ready and eager to align with the, the what we call the highest good of the many, the progression dynamics and the understanding of what was going on, plus having the ability to look into the future, having the ability to look across more dimensions than the other group 
that didn't have the same feature. And I'm here using the word dimensions. We are talking about looking into the different aspects of the code streams of the holographic network, we could call the cosmic web, that is behind all reality fields. And by that, calculate the outcome of the different intersection points between where the nodal points of the code streams aligned with the consciousness potentials of the genetics that are connected to the racial network and where these two intercept and the organic vessels that would be created by these interception points would lead to a specific type of future that will lead to a specific type of outcome. And if the different groups that were not capable of changing their DNA or their consciousness units, as we call it in the holographic metaverse language and not DNA that's technically human DNA connected to the frequency energies, just to throw the difference in there, then, then the understanding is, of course, if you can't look into these futures, then it's the hearsay, then it's they have to trust, you have to believe what they are saying. And that also created a schism. Because here we had a group that, that postulated one thing and a group that didn't believe it. So that was the first crack. So we had different cracks in the unified fields of the different groups that spilled over. It began to crack in the fifth cycle where technology became possible. Because as you remember from building the bridges uh, series, I talk about how we work through the 1-7, pillar 2-8, pillar 3-9, pillar 4, 10, and 5-11, where the 1-7 is mastery of the template. 2-8 is how we are around others. Um, the principles go with 1-7 pillar, working through seven dimensions and first seven principles. Then you have the rules of engagement, where you also work through the first seven principles as well as the first seven rules of engagement. And then you have the third pillar that goes with reality field, where you also work your way through the first seven principles, the first seven rules of engagement, and the first seven levels of the laws of natural uh, energy utilization. Then you go into uh, pillar 4, 10, where you begin to work with governance structure. And there you begin to work with principle uh, 7, 8, 9, and 10, working your way up there, including the rules of engagement 7, 8, 9, and 10, including the natural laws of energy utilization 7, 8, 9, and 10. And that's part of the governance and how to utilize the correct form of energy and how to do it for the highest good of the many, how to use correct energy uh, and, and how to utilize that correctly and how to correct use of power and onward and so forth. And then in the 5.11, there you really begin to work with the technologies as in the reality field construction, not technologies as we know of the third cycle machine was, but actually consciousness technology, because you now master all the principles and all of the rules of engagement and all of the natural laws of energy. You master the natural laws of the universal structure you're part of. Then you can begin to make consciousness technology. There you can begin to work with the library and there you can begin to work with the construction of the ancient ones. So that's why the, that's the fifth cycle. So you kind of see we're a little bit behind here, right? Uh, as we are now. So the humanoids holding the new genetics could have stayed in the holographic metaverse as new possibilities, generating new probability fields and eventually new soul races with their holographic resonance fields connected to their energetic structure. Even though the two factions representing a new type of genetics and the original version could have solved their issues, the anti-elevation faction did not stop there. They went the full length, having grown tired of the pro-elevation factions that always were two steps above them and in front of them and ahead of them, and therefore sort of set the stage of the lower evolutions through their meta council orders to a growing dismay of the lower level races. So the density two and density four races and some of the density five meta council members rioted and the dismay created a further alteration of the genetics in the anti-elevation races, which led to a division of the original holographic metaverse domains between the anti-elevation soul races and the pro-elevation soul races. So the anti-elevation genetics, that is the races that had the genetic flow to begin with, with light coding and underdeveloped light units, generated the foundation of the less progressive universe. So at that point, still inside the holographic metaverse, the LPU, where the anti-elevation factions were pulled to due to the laws of segregation. I talk about that in the whole philosophy book. And the rest of the holographic metaverse remained as it was holding the pro-elevation factions. 
The division of the holographic metaverse happened because of the diversity of the light coding in the genetics. The lower level of light units hereby understanding as now being uh, distorted with what we would call anger or some kind of um, negative emotionality or distrust, let's put it that way. And the polarization of the genetics from the present holographic resonance fields, because once they began to think differently, they began to vibrate differently, and then they began to alter the holographic energetic units and make them look more similar to the original holographic universal cycles or the, the cycles of the, the previous universal cycles, instead of the current type of whole units that they were imbued with. So they reverted already there. So any type of reality field can only hold genetics which resonates with the core principles of that reality field, that is the core domain configuration. And if these differ, the genetics and their, their different types of organic vessels are pulled into new reality fields matching their genetics or their metaverse itself generates new holographic resonance fields to match the new genetics. The foundation of the less progressive universe and the holographic metaverse now ran on dissimilar resonance fields and the division had to come to stay. If all genetics were restored back to the original setting and their, their version of light units, the two verses, the less progressive universe and the holographic metaverse, would unite into one unified holographic metaverse again. Yet most of the anti-elevation factions wanted the division and a solitary universe of their own. They were controlled by the wish to continue the work with the new version of the soul races, that is the less progressive races, utilizing their skills in genetic manipulation to create new levels of probabilities and possibilities. The anti-elevation factions mobilized a new version of the third evolutionary cycle run by genetic manipulation and technologically enhanced genetics. And they became less and less interested in returning to the original settings. They wanted to extend the existence of the less progressive universe into the third evolutionary cycle of the previous universal cycles. Once um, of the metaverse were over to ensure that the less progressive races would remain safe inside the great works of the LPU. So they began to really segregate and by that creating barriers. The rest of the holographic metaverse could undergo the uplifting into the fourth evolutionary cycle and the less progressive races would remain safe within their prolonged third evolutionary cycle inside the holographic metaverse, similar to the configuration of the previous universal cycles, which they had put on hold by altering the genetics as well as the resonance fields that now ran on slightly diverse settings, separating it from the core, the main core principles of the holographic metaverse or at least made the pull of the natural cycles less strong inside the less progressive universe. And with that, I will end this podcast. Continue the next one. See you then.